I'm not pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. Okay, so I've been doing a lot of interviews. This was an interview you guys really enjoyed, so I brought him back. So Richard Garfield, thanks for joining us. Hi, Mark. It's great to be back. Okay, so last time you were on my show, we talked about uh, Alpha and the creation of Alpha. Um, but you've done other magic sets, so we're going to keep going. <laughs> um, yep. So I thought today we would talk Arabian Nights. So, okay. So here's the first question I have for you. Can you set the scene of how in the world did Arabian Nights even happen? Like, why? Wh- how did it get made? What, what, what's the origin story to it even happening? Well, that's that's a that's a really good question because uh, because uh, it isn't straightforward, and I have to really uh, think about it to get my head in myself back then. But when Arabian Nights was first conceived of. I thought that magic was going to be a, a collection of disjoint sets so that uh, Magic the Gathering would come out. And then uh, when we finished printing it, we would go on to Magic Ice Age and it wouldn't be mixed with Magic the Gathering. It would have been tested separately and so forth and so on. And uh, But the demand of it was such that uh, Peter came to me and said, we really, really want an expansion that you can shuffle into the base set. And uh, it took some convincing, but I uh, agreed to do it, uh, provided that players didn't feel obligated to purchase the expansion or obligated to play against it, uh, because I was afraid that it would uh, feel like it was strong-arming people into this arms race, which uh, is sort of inherently a part of the game, but, uh, but I think we as designers and publishers should sort of minimize uh, because it makes it as accessible as possible for people. Uh, So that, I I think that sets the stage for where my head was at when uh, we began talking about Arabian Nights and the first expansion. So quick question. Um, I know that magic sold out very quickly that the we, you know, they alpha, they made enough. They they thought was like six months and it sold out in a week and then they made beta and they thought that was going to be six months and it sold out in a week, you know, um, was Arabian Nights, like, when they came to you, did you already have an idea or you had not even thought about it because you didn't think it was going to happen that fast? It was completely cold. Uh, I, I, I was in the mindset that the next thing we would publish would be uh, Ice Age, uh, which was essentially designed at that time. It changed a lot before it was put out, but in my mind back then, it was close to public publishable. Uh, so, so, so yeah, uh, I, I, it was cold. I had no idea. So, which is one of the reasons why with Arabian Nights, it's so disjoint from the flavor of magic. Uh, it, I wanted to experiment with a completely different flavor and had been reading some Arabian Nights at the time. And so it seemed like a natural place to try to get flavor from. So the question I have to ask is why, why not put Ice Age out? Why, why, why do Arabian Nights? Why not just put Ice Age out? Well, at the time, Ice Age was doing a very different thing. Ice Age was similar to Magic the Gathering, uh, but with twists. Uh, so so even though uh, I, I saw the game as being a series of disjoint sets being expanded in that way, I saw all the sets as being similar to one another. So, so for example, there might have been a lot of the common cards are the same. Uh, and, and so if... Peter decided to publish that instead, 
it wasn't going to do the same thing. It wasn't a bunch of new cards that people were going to be excited about shuffling into their deck. It would, have, was, it would be a bunch of old cards with new art and a few new cards. Uh, and that's not what he wanted. He wanted, you know, bang, a slug of all new cards uh, to, to, you know, uh, get, get players excited. Okay, so Peter came to you. How much time did you have to make this thing that Peter wanted? That's a little hard for me to remember, but I'm guessing that uh, he gave me a few months, and it probably took me all that time. Uh, I was at the time teaching at Whitman College, and uh, uh, I the first thing I did was I actually took my uh, reading of Arabian Nights quite seriously. I read a couple more versions of it, took a lot of notes uh, because I wanted to really get the flavor reflected as accurately as possible within uh, the, the, the genre of trading card game, which was kind of a new one to work with. Okay, so Arabian Nights was your choice. You, you won the Arabian Nights. So how did you go, like in those two months or three months, how did you where does like how do you decide to make the set? What, what were the key decisions that first started forming what the set was? Well, uh, unlike the previous set, I didn't have easy access to playtesters face to face. Since I was teaching now, my playtesters were in another area. Uh, so basically, I was designing it cold without testing um, and uh, sending it to wizards to test themselves. And I didn't really know what their capabilities were. Uh, but uh, but in those couple months, I uh, did that research, and then I laid out uh, a whole lot of cards, decided that your commons should be sort of generic characters that appeared in Arabian Nights. Um, uh, so you might get asps, for instance, and there's not a particular story which involves asps. Uh, uh, they're sort of a generic character, jackals, things like that. Um, Whereas the uh, uncommon slash rares were going to be more characters and specific stories like Sinbad uh, and uh, uh, the, the weird island, uh, island fish Taconius and things like that. Um, and, uh, and then I began to uh, brainstorm appropriate levels, you know, appropriate new powers for these. And one of the things that made it really much easier than I probably would have expected going into it was uh, our ability to make creative cards uh, and, and fun cards was really getting a lot better as we understood the game more. Towards the end of, uh, of, of uh, the playtest for Magic the Gathering, the cards were becoming much, much more interesting and flavorful. And so this was just basically a continuation of that process. Um, uh, there was a, a, a lot of uh, uh, exciting things floating around, a lot of exciting concepts that I wanted to test, even, uh, even if I wasn't sure about uh, having this uh, expansion be just mixable with the old set. I was very uh, worried about that because... Uh, it wasn't going to have the same level of playtest uh, because of the circumstances in which I was in and because of the, uh, the time frame. You know, uh, Magic the Gathering had been playtested for years. This, even if I had my playtesters handy, would only be playtestable for uh, a couple months. So you, you made one decision I'm curious about. Of, you did Arabian Nights, but you didn't just do the book. Like you sort of, some of the stuff you, like, that was inspired by the book, but you definitely made some stuff up that was sort of your flavor on stuff from the book. 
Um, why was it just 100% exactly Arabian Nights? So, uh, are you thinking, uh, there's, there's only one, oh, there's only one card in particular I can think about that way. Uh, is there anything in your mind in particular? Well, do you think that every, okay, maybe I, I was, at least the naming was, maybe I'm thinking of the naming of, of a lot of stuff. But. Oh, certainly with the naming. So with the, char- with the characters and the flavor, I pretty much followed straight Arabian Nights. I could be wrong. You could show me some cards and I would correct myself. With the exception of uh, um, the City in a Bottle, which is a very uh, special card. And uh, that was, instead of taken, being taken from Arabian Nights, it was taken from uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, Sandman uh, uh, issue 50 or something like that. Uh, excellent issue. Uh, and and very appropriate for its purpose. Um, for the for the flavor, though, like asps, for instance, were from Arabian Nights in this sort of general sense. And same thing with the gins and afrits. Uh, but uh, the names uh, were taken from two places. Most of them were, uh, if they weren't taken directly from stories, which is most of the uncommons uh, were, uh, the commons were taken uh, from... Uh, uh, anglicized Arabian uh, words that that I was able to get. Uh, so nafs nafs for some for for instance might have been I forget jungle right uh, mm. um, and uh, gazban ogre you know was another word in uh, Arabian. The exception to that there was a handful of cards which were made uh, uh, for other people. So uh, like uh, my sister and my brother in law were getting married that. Uh, uh, that summer, and so uh, there's If Biff Afrit. If Biff is my childhood nickname for Elizabeth, uh, and Erinam uh, um, um, is uh, her husband's name, Herm- Her- Herman, uh, sort of an anagram of that. Um, similarly, I was at another wedding that summer. Uh, I was the best man at uh, uh, Jamie's uh, Fristrum, or Jamie uh, Radcliffe's wedding. And he was marrying Wendy, and so you've got Edwin and uh, and and the MJ. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of a lot. You had a lot of names like that that were sort of yeah, yeah, were. So, 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 yeah, some of the names were were personal, not not so many, but uh, but uh, most of them were Arabian. But yeah, yeah, I did I did sneak in a few there. Okay, so you had two months. You started. You mapped out the. You know, you mapped out all the cool stuff you you found in the source material. How, how did you go about making, like, this is the first time we ever had a small expansion, right? You had never done that. How did yeah, you figure out? I forget how we settled on that size. Uh, uh, I think I think maybe I just aimed for half the size. I think we ended up at a third of the size, though. It wasn't really, it was really a, a very small expansion. Yeah, nine, 98 cards, I think? Yeah, yeah. So we ended up, uh, like, uh, about a third of the size of the uh, right? base. Um, oh, no, 90, actually less, 78 cards. And then there were some variants that, if you want to count those, there's 92 if you count the variants, but it's 78 cards, I believe. Yeah. Um, I remember we had a rare, rare mountain, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how, 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 how did that happen? How, how did the rare mountain happen? I, I, I really, I do not remember. Uh, um, I know how the rare islands happened in the original. I don't know if we talked about that, uh, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's worth... Uh, mentioning that uh, until Magic actually got printed, I was hoping that we could uh, randomize it in a similar way to how I randomized it in playtest, which was gigantic garbage bags. Uh, you shake them and you pull out 60 cards. And uh, 
that's very, very different than the randomization that we ended up using because we were using uh, um, uh, trading card uh, uh, machinery, which works in a particular way. So the, the distribution was much flatter. You always got the same number of rare cards. And, uh, and at the time, I thought it was important that, uh, that all the lands be equally printed and so the rare islands were a consequence of the fact that if you sort of add up all the ones we were managed to fit on the common sheet and the uncommon sheet, that uh, that uh, it, it sort of made it so that it all ended up equal. Which, of course, with the amount of cards, the amount of land that was needed was ridiculous. It was just for all of them, it was more than you needed, and so that didn't really matter. Um, uh, but anyway, I forget how the magic, the 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 the. The mountain in particular came about. Uh, it might have been the same thing. Did we do other lands in? in no. Uh, so here's my guess, real quick: uh, is the back was going to be? We can talk about this in a second. The back was going to be different, so you made lands on the sheets so that you could play without having to have a different back. And then when you changed that, they had to take the basic lands off the sheets, and they missed one. Yeah, uh, that might be. So uh, let's, let's talk. Can we talk about the back? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so uh, how, how how did the important. back? Uh, well, tell me the story of the back. <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, one of the one of the biggest key moments in magic development was the Arabian Nights card back. Until possibly possibly the very last minute, uh, we were going to use a, a purple card back, a very handsome purple card back. And so the reason for that was because I did, again, I did not want to make people feel obligated to play with or against Arabian Nights because I wasn't sure, I couldn't vouch for the quality the same way I could with the original set. Um, and, uh, and, and so making it with a different card back, I felt, would make it feel like a separate game that was optional to opt into. Uh, there's the obvious problem is that if you're playing with two different card backs, uh, then you're going to be able to see what you're playing with. Uh, you know, what, what, what set the next card is coming from. You can look at somebody's hand and see that they've got three purple cards in it. They've got three Arabian Nights cards in their hand. Um, uh, to me, that was less important than uh, not feeling like uh, the players were being bullied. Um, but the... Uh, response from the players on the Usenets in those days uh, was very, very negative on that behalf. And, uh, and, uh, and most of the people I talked to uh, uh, within the company also were against it. I, mean, I, I did have some allies who were in the same mind space that I was. Uh, Peter was against it, but he was not so much against it that he wasn't going to let me choose which way to go. Uh, but uh, in any case, uh, uh, at the last at the last minute, I relented and decided uh, that we should make them the same card back uh, and rely on the little tiny symbol uh, on the card front to allow people to uh, uh, separate them, which was absolutely the right decision. I think my concerns were accurate, um, and uh, they uh, foreshadowed uh, the the new concerns, which are. How do you make this game going interesting in the long run where you continually dump new cards into the environment, uh, which was uh, the, the, probably the biggest issue that we faced uh, after just the, the, the issue of just managing to publish the cards um, in the next few years. 
because because the more cards you make for people to have, there's just you just each card becomes subsequently less interesting. The environment becomes more complicated. The new players become more daunted. The entrenched players become uh, uh, more more uh, jaded and uh, and and uh, less interested in what you've got. So you 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 end up wanting to uh, have power creep and all these other things which I didn't want to see and this all stems back to uh, this decision not to do a different card back in some way or another uh, but we put off that problem till later and later of course we did manage to solve it it was a huge issue uh, and we did manage to solve it by by getting people to uh, um, uh, make a principal play model which involved playing limited sets the previous year the previous two years that sort of thing mm -hmm. um uh but uh but yeah uh, it was a it was a really really big moment in magic so i have a question i just i'm, I'm trying to there's stories i've heard about raby knights and you're telling me something i'm trying to understand the order here so i know that when you decided to change the back that city in a bottle was made to so you could get rid of the arabian Knights set right um, did City in a Bottle exist? Because you must have had art. Did it exist at that time to do something different? No, no, no. It it, it existed and it was already there. Uh, I, I've probably told the story in a number of different ways, but uh, um, but I did not make City in the Bottle in reaction to that. I think uh, my fear of Arabian Nights uh, and how it would affect the way players thought about the game and uh, how it would be perceived as far as quality was concerned mm. was such that I wanted to give people tools to get rid of it, even if they weren't going to go with uh, the card back. Um, now, and, and so that it was already there in that way, but it was serving a similar purpose. Uh, I could be wrong, and you know I might have the timing wrong, and maybe 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 I did relent earlier than I think. But the way I remember it is. Uh, uh, all you know, all that was in place, and then at the very last minute, I uh, flipped the switch. Uh, but yeah, uh, that that is a good moment to mention Arabian Nights. Uh, or sorry, uh, City in the Bottle. Um, City in the Bottle. The effect of it uh, is that when you play it, you remove all uh, Arabian Nights from both your deck and your opponent's deck. Um, and so the reasoning behind that was that. Uh, players, if they really hated Arabian Nights and felt obliged to play with it or against it, that they could choose to play with that card and uh, undo it. And, uh, and and that's why it was there. Um, and it's sort of fitting that that's the only card which isn't actually from Arabian Nights mythos. It's from, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman. And the story it comes from uh, is, is probably my favorite from that series. Uh, but it was uh, about um, uh, a uh, sultan uh, in the age of magic in the Arabian Nights who uh, recognized that uh, his kingdom was, his sultanate, I guess, uh, was at the height. It could not get any better. It was, uh, it was just wonderfully magical and charming and exciting and beautiful and so he went to the Keeper of Dreams, which is Sandman, and, and asked him to preserve this and uh, forever in dreams. And Sandman said, uh, you know, there is a cost to this, and uh, he acknowledged the cost. 
and at the end of the end of the story, uh, which still sends chills up my back, uh, he's walking away in the distance, and he's got the city in it, which is the Baghdad of magic, and uh, um, it's panning out to sort of a modern Baghdad, which is war torn and uh, and kids running in the street barefoot uh, with sort of uh, smoldering stuff, and it's sort of like a uh, anyway. So uh, that fits, as you can see, uh, just in, in my mind, perfectly for what it was intended to do, get rid of uh, the Arabian Nights from my play experience. Okay, so you have your two months, you, you, you build the set. Is there any, other than the, we talked about the back, is there any other like things you had to face for the first time? Because like, one of the things that's important for the audience to understand is you were just doing things that had never been done in a, like... You made the first trading card game, so no one had ever made a expansion to a trading card game and what that meant. Uh, yeah, I think this was the first time I'm, – I'm not, I'm not sure this is accurate, but it's close to accurate. It was the first time that I actually tried to reflect specific stories and characters in cards. Uh, I'm thinking back to the first uh, set, the Magic the Gathering – and there was some there was some flavor there, and there was sort of some general mythos. Uh, but but I I don't think I actually tried to have a particular story uh, uh, reflected or a particular character. It was all much more my own creation. It was one of the reasons why I went with fantasy in the first place. Is you could you know come up with some wacky thing like uh, like uh, you take damage for cards in your hand and say, well that's the cursed uh, what was that the cursed the rat. Uh, Okay, so all. I forget what they all are. The other neat thing about Arabian Nights is it also you see you yourself playing like playing with a new space, like like for example, um, lands in Alpha only tap for mana. That's all that lands did. But we get to Arabian Nights, and all of a sudden there's lands. Some of them didn't even tap for mana, but they did other things than 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 mana production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. We we uh, uh, I I did begin to stretch that boundary a lot in uh, Arabian Nights. And I think that was, uh, uh, I mean, I was clearly thinking of special lands back in the old day, but as you say, they were all uh, mana. Uh, it was like the, the, the dual lands. Um, and I don't know whether I had just put that off or really began to think about it for the first time till Arabian Nights. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we had the, uh, um, I, I forget uh, them, uh, there was the desert, which does damage, and then there was uh, uh, the Ivory Tower. Was that a land? Uh, Ivory was Tower something? was not in, in Arabian Nights. That's in um, Library of Alexandria, maybe is what you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. The Library of Alexandria. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was like, I want to walk, walk. There, there, was a, there, oh, yeah, were, yeah. there were a bunch of lands. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, to uh, illustrate the uh, exercise of uh, actually translating particular characters or stories into cards uh there's a, a couple good examples that are uh on the tip of that, that, are, that i've just been thinking about recently one is the one that i always go back to is scheherazade that's my uh I, i've cited that a number of times as being my favorite magic card um and uh scheherazade uh was uh the, the character from arabian nights who's telling all the stories uh she she is telling the stories and uh, one of the most fascinating things about her is that uh, she's telling stories within stories, and the whole idea is she has to keep on telling stories in order to 
uh, keep from being executed because uh, she was uh, with a charming sultan who uh, uh, liked to liked to do that, and uh, and and so she always wanted to leave a cliffhanger, and one way to do that was to delay stories and tell stories within stories, and it's it, uh, a fascinating thing because you get that all these sort of meta structures of her stories are are very interesting, and so to reflect that. Uh, I decided to have it make you play games within games. And uh, so when you play Scheherazade, instead of telling a story within a story, you, uh, you, you begin a sub-game of magic. Um, and uh, and uh, to me, that reflected uh, as simply as uh, I could imagine the wonderful meta qualities of Scheherazade. I'm going to read. This is the actual text of Scheherazade, just for the audience who might not know it. It costs two white mana. It's a sorcery. This is the Arabian Night text. Players must leave game in progress as it is and use the cards left in their libraries as decks with which to play a subgame of magic. When subgame is over, players shuffle these cards, return them to their libraries, and resume game in progress with any loser of subgame having his or her remaining life points rounding down. Effects that prevent damage may not be used to counter this loss of life. The subgame has no ante. Using less than 40 cards may be necessary. Yep. Yep, yep, that sounds about right. Um, and uh, uh, as a minor aside, uh, it was uh, 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 some delight to me that uh, that there was a uh, a killer deck made with Scheherazade, which I don't think anybody's ever uh, actually used. But uh, a- as an exercise for the audience, uh, you can think about it. it involves uh, uh, at the time there was no limit to how many cards of a particular type you could play, so you could play with all. Plains and Scheherazade, uh, and you can throw in as many uh, uh, mocks, uh, pearls as you want, and uh, and you can see how this would be a uh, killer deck, a that would take a long, long time to resolve. You just need to make sure you have at least uh, uh, one or two more cards than your opponent, um, and uh, the uh, the second. Um, so the, the other the other story card, which is uh, uh, easy for me to recall, was uh, a touch of honey, uh, because I ran across the playtest card the other day. Uh, a drop of honey. Um, can I can I read it first? Absolutely. Okay, it's a drop of honey. Once again, this is the original Raven Knight's text. Costs one green mana. It's an enchantment. During your upkeep, the creature in play with the lowest power is destroyed and cannot be regenerated. If there is a tie, you choose which to destroy. Drop of Honey must be discarded if there are no creatures in play. Yeah, so to somebody who doesn't know the original story, that's uh, uh, just a sort of a, a, a weird flavor uh, for uh, a, a, an effect which is reasonably straightforward. Um, um, but... Uh, but the touch of honey, the drop of honey, uh, is is a short story that Scheherazade told uh, in some of the versions of Arabian Nights, in which uh, there's a drop of honey uh, on on the ground, and some ants find it, and then some other ants decide they want to fight for it, and then I don't know, uh, a bird decides they want to fight for the ants, and then and then this thing escalates until it leads to uh, a, a war between uh, kingdoms of uh, or sultanates of. Uh, of uh, of uh, humankind and uh, and and so it all came from this touch of honey, drop of honey. So it's a it's a pretty short story, pretty uh, straightforward, and it's reflected in this card. And that this touch of honey goes out, and the weakest creatures 
get destroyed progressively until there's not there's nobody left. So my guess is, so what you did is you went through Arabian Nights and then you just took notes on things you thought that might inspire cards and then just did a lot of top-down design? Is that how, how most of that got made? Yeah. The, uh, um, yeah, there were two, I guess there were two halves to that. There was the top-down, which were from specific cards and stories, like how do you do Sinbad and Aladdin and, uh, and, uh, and so forth. Uh, and then there was the ones where it was uh, more... Uh, more of what I was used to, which are, are things like how do you do a, a jackal because there's no specific jackal, and so you just want to give them a little flavor. Uh, I forget what he had. Maybe he had Desert Walk. Uh, no, no, that was something else. Uh, which one are we talking about? Her, the, the Her Jackal, I think. Oh, yeah, Her Jackal. Here, I, I can read you Her Jackal. Her Jackal is, costs one red mana. It's a 1-1. One, one. It's a jackal. Tap to prevent a target creature from regenerating for the remainder of the turn. Okay, so... Yeah, that that was more more along the lines of a sort of a more generic creature, uh, uh, not anything in particular in mind when that when that was made. Um, do you, do you were any of the cards like here's a cool new space to play in mechanically, and I'll figure out a flavor to match it, or was it mostly just top down? Like here's a cool Raven Knight thing. Let me figure out how to design that. I'd say the almost entirely top down uh there was there was so much interesting room that was opening up in design that it was really easy to do the top do do the design in exciting areas with that restriction uh there's there might be uh some exceptions where uh i i might have been looking for an excuse to do lands like the library of alexandria although that could have easily been top down as well uh um, where where I had this Library of Alexandria and thought of that as being the effect I wanted uh, as opposed to uh, the other way around. So, Richard, uh, I'm almost at my desk here. Uh, so what, what I'd like to do is, I, yeah. there's a lot left on the table here. So um, we're going to wrap up this interview, but uh, we will do another one, guys. So we'll come back uh, the next episode and we'll talk more about Arabian Nights because there's lots more to talk about. So anyway, Richard, I just want to uh, thank you for being here. Um, oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks and for, as, for as, this stuff. as I see my desk, uh, that means it's the end of my drive to work. Uh, and so instead of uh, talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So, Richard, thank you so much for being here. And uh, like I said, uh, next episode, we will have Richard back. So uh, thanks for joining me, guys, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.